Welcome in 8 by 80 podcast. This is week five, week six preview here in the 2022 season. And this was this was an interesting week, Tyler. We finally got into some pickums and we split her there. And I mean, we went two and two. We we each went two and two. The favorites won all the games, but I mean, I don't think I would. I just because the favorites won, I don't feel like we didn't have to sweat on it a little bit. No, absolutely not. In fact, when you uh, you were texting me during some of the games, and I thought I was going to be down three to one, but thank thank goodness to Paul Myra for coming back on uh, extra Milligan friend there, forty eight to forty four. That kind of saved me in the pickums, keeping us even. So, yeah, you might not have been sweating because you were thinking you were up, but I was definitely sweating for sure. Yeah, it was a that Paul Myra that Paul Myra comeback was certainly one of the most impressive things of the night. And the other games that we picked, North Platte St. Pat's, you had them over Sand Hills Valley, and they took care of it, forty-three nothing. Uh, I had Neely over Plainview, and that one was something. The final score of that one, Neely ninety, Plainview fifty-six. I I watched a chunk of this one on YouTube, and it was just, I mean, it really was just unreal. Just the just both teams just pumping it in. Yeah, another basketball scorer kind of that we've been hinting at over the season. We were wondering if uh, Plainview was going to be able to stop Neely's defense or Neely's offense. Turns out that was not the case. Uh, that Cooster kid over there in Neely, he had he had himself a night, Austin. Yeah, he went absolutely insane. Scored. He, there's, there's a bit of some conflicting reports. At least 10, maybe 11 to touchdowns accounted for for Cooster, mostly on the ground couple through the air, which is a little bit of a flip of the script for him, but just an unreal performance by the Warriors there offensively. And then the final game that we picked, I had BDS, Bruning Davenport, Shickley beating Falls City, Sacred Heart. And final score is 52 to 26, but this game was the 30, was uh, 36, 26 with Sacred Heart. I think Sacred Heart got within 10 and then BDS drove down, scored, and then I think had a pick six in there as well and start and then kind of pulled away. But I think this one was probably tighter than the final score indicates. And yeah, that's Sacred Heart's second loss on the season, but I still think it's always dangerous to write off the, are they, are they the Shamrocks or are they the Irish? Uh, I believe it's the Irish on that one. Yeah. Either, either the Irish or the Shamrocks. You'd think we would remember being that that's the only team, only school in <laughs> Nebraska that's got a longer playoff streak than Bloomfield. But Things we things we forget. So there was our pick'em games again. We're split at two and two, so that'll be fun. And we'll we're gonna run that back again. We'll have another pick'em segment here coming up at the end. But there were plenty of other games that were very very interesting. Had some very interesting results, and that included a one win Osmond team getting to their second win with a 34 to 20 win over Wausau. Yeah, and don't forget that Wausau team was getting some votes coming into this week. Uh, definitely didn't see this one coming. Uh, based off what I saw from Osmond a couple weeks ago, but I know they're they're kind of starting to just get healthy, and that's a that's a team that once they're healthy, I mean we saw them put up a tough game against St. Mary's earlier in the year, and quite frankly, I think they're a team that can make a surge here late. Their season kind of eases up a little bit, and gives them a little bit of a breather, kind of a chance to get healthy and kind of get something rolling momentum wise. And for Wausau, I, you got to just think this is a slip up game where you're you're going to be trying to bounce back coming back. And they've got a tough one against Why Not later on. Yeah, for sure. And that Osmond team, like you mentioned, if they're if they're getting right, they could get frisky or get that third, maybe fourth win, sneak themselves into the playoffs. And don't I wouldn't look put it past them to put a real scare into somebody. 
another one that you and I both got to keep a real close eye on with it being an early kickoff. Tyler, everybody's favorite Buffaloes did it again. <laughs> yeah, we called this one the Battle of the Bovines on this one with Elm Creek winning 36-14 to 14 over the Burwell Longhorns. Uh, again, Elm Creek just kind of keeps it rolling. Um, we highlighted that Hail Mary by Bo Knapp earlier last week. And uh, let me tell you, Austin, this kid can sling it. Uh, I was super, super impressed watching him. I mean, he was called on to throw it on some really, really tough situations. Third and fourth down with uh, long, long ways to go to pick up the first. And he was doing it, hitting his guys exactly where he needed to be. That that Hail Mary wasn't a fluke. I mean, you could see it in the video where it it was accurate. The kid can sling it. Um, Really impressed with Elm Creek so far this year. Uh, Going from zero wins to now undefeated, knocking off Burwell. Uh, Definitely a team I got to keep my eye on more. Yeah, I'm glad we hit that they were kind of positioned in a place with a strive stream on a kind of standalone game because this is the first time I'd really gotten to watch them watch them. Like, we've been keeping an eye on their results and such throughout the season. But, yeah, I saw they've got a really impressive, really nice power running game. I really liked what we saw them doing out of the I-form there in that game with I-form two tight end sets. But then, like you said, they ran plenty of play action out of it, and Nap was just a like you said a gifted thrower on the run on the move could just put it in spots put it in spots down the field and yeah I'm just for a team on this kind of a bounce back to show this kind of consistency and talent that's I'm just really really impressed another one that was uh I'll say very interesting final when we saw it Bancroft Rosalie they knock off Wisner Pilger 37 to 36 and uh my eyebrows definitely hit my hairline when I saw that one come across. Yeah, another one that I didn't see coming, that's for sure. Uh, think, I think the Gators have kind of been all over the place so far this season for Wisner-Pilger, where, where they've played some really tough teams, and they've played them really well. They've won some big games, won some tight games, and then they kind of kind of slip up every now and then. And uh, it's kind of just kind of whatever team you're going to get for that week it's kind of a little bit of a coin toss but i think i think this bancroft rosalie team could actually be another one of those dangerous teams coming down the stretch uh they hung with a tough clarkson lee highly ranked clarkson lee team earlier in the season um they'll get pender this week and that's a that's a team that wisner barely snuck out past so i i think this bancroft rosalie team needs a little bit more attention and uh that's that's another result i'm going to be keeping my eye on is that bancroft rosalie and uh pender game yeah, like you said, that game that they played against Clarkson Lee, that was 22 to nothing was the final there. And that was one where you thought, huh, interesting. That Clarkson Lee still shut him out. Not going to think too much about it because coming into this Wisner game, Bancroft Rosalie was a one-win squad. Well, now they've got that. Now they've got that second win. They've got a result that I think we need to take a little bit more seriously in that close one to Clarkson Lee. And like you said, do not write the Panthers off just yet. They could still do something here over the last three weeks. Other close games that just caught my eye as we went through them. Uh, Nebraska Lutheran beat High Plains 44-34. Palmer got their second win of the year, beating Fullerton 14-12. Elmwood Murdoch got a little bit tougher test than I expected, Smith, with a 30-12 win over Meade. 30-22, excuse me. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a... That, oh, yeah, yeah go that's ahead. A, that's, a, that's a tough one um, that we kind of didn't really give enough credit to last week where Elmwood Murdoch was one of those top, top ranked teams. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is a kind of a eye opener for me where maybe, maybe Elmwood Murdoch's not, not quite as high as we should have had them. Um, 
but definitely definitely a good test for him that you can kind of carry momentum into later on in the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cambridge beat Arapahoe 26-24 in a battle of two likely playoff teams. And here's the last one that really caught my eye. Hardington-Newcastle, first win of the year for the Wildcats, 36-32 over a really solid Wakefield team. Yeah, this this one definitely caught my eye. Uh, like you said, first win of the year for Hardington Newcastle. They've had some, they've played some pretty tough teams, um, but this is not what I expected out of the the Wakefield game here. I mean, I've gotten to see this Wakefield team a couple different times, and they're they're a talented squad that's also played some really good teams and beat some pretty good teams. So yeah, this one really jumped out at me. And uh, kudos to Hardington Newcastle for picking up their first win of the season. Yeah, and listen, now you're sitting at one and four. You think, hey, maybe we sneak out two more of these things. Plenty of three and five teams have made the playoffs, especially if you got a if you've got a schedule as tough as what Hardington Newcastle's had. So again, picking up a little momentum at the right time, maybe you're in it. Uh, before we keep moving on, just we don't I I didn't have anybody to add to our names to watch lists this week, Tyler. I know we've we've really kind of grown that list out over the last couple year couple weeks, but I, I think we're up to about 10, 15 guys or so on there, but. I just I didn't have I've got a couple individual stat lines that I think we want to shout out, but I don't think we've got anybody that's on that. Oh yeah, this guy's an every week in week out producer that I that we need to add on there just yet. Yeah, I'm right there with you. We saw we saw some pretty good stat lines, but it was from some some kind of newer newer fresher faces where it wasn't those uh, performances from the guys that aren't usually doing it week in and week out. So yeah, I, I didn't have anybody to add either, but some of these guys that we're going to get into for the stat lines really kind of caught my eye this week. Yeah, you talk about those new fresh faces, and let's start with Elliot Nottleman of Bancroft Rosalie. 14 receptions for 209 yards, three scores, also went five for five on on PAT kicks there in that game. Just an outstanding performance by Nottleman against Wisner Pilger, and I pulled up the huddle highlight reel from this one, and he wasn't just like running free down the field, just sprinting by guys, catching balls. It was back shoulder fades over double coverage he was mossing guys to get to get a lot of his work and that's in a big time upset win i can't say enough about that kind of production yeah and with a with a stat line like that you know those coaches are kind of be kind of looking at it like okay how can we get the ball in this kid's hands more get him out in space get him and quite frankly apparently the quarterbacks trust him too because you like you were saying he's willing to throw it into double coverage to him so i think this is definitely an eye to keep on keep or guy to keep an eye on um we kind of talk about guys being iron men and eight-man football but what what is what's a what do we call it if they do offense defense and they're also kicking the extra points how can how can we i don't know we name for, that? for that i don't is it steel is it yeah. i don't i don't know well we did that is something we need to determine it's high school football we got guys playing all three phases of the game all over the place we need to find a way to really shout out the guys that excel and again Elliot Nottleman 200 yards and three touchdowns on 14 receptions five for five PAT kickers he's certainly one of those three phase standouts that you see other stat lines we're looking at that were big this week uh Heartland they notched a 58 to nothing wind over Sutton and Trev Peters 12 carries for 219 yards and five touchdowns and a big win for the Huskies and then this is a name that we've mentioned on here before uh, Kyle Cox, he's the quarterback for Sandhills Thedford. We highlighted last week their game against a three and one Hyannis team as, oh, here's another 
potential proving ground here for Sandhills Thetford. Well, they rolled 60 to eight was the final score. Cox was 16 of 17 passing for 215 yards and seven touchdowns. Just you want to talk about efficiency. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I kind of highlighted this guy as maybe one of those ones to add to the list, but I think I need to see it, see it one more time before we're able to bump him on there. But 16 for 17, I mean, one incompletion and who knows that could have just been a throw, throw it in the dirt. So it's not a bad, a worse play, but I mean, seven passing touchdowns in a, just an absolute route on a team that we thought was in hyenas that was going to be able to test the Sandhills Sedford team. And uh, quite frankly, they look really strong this year. Yeah, yeah, they do. They've again, they had that loss. That was a tough loss. Not a 44 to nothing. I believe was the loss to Hitchcock County. But other than that, this team has looked pretty dang flawless. So I don't want to, I think we need to, again, just keep your eye on the Sandhill Stedford Knights because they still seem to have plenty of talent back on a roster that went, that was a state runner up a year ago. Another one that we do want to keep an eye on, this is more of a season long, I guess a career shout out, but Quentin Heineman from Pender unofficially might, he may have the eight man PAT, uh, PAT record. He's got 75 for his career on 89 attempts. Um, Per some sources, the the career records held by Dylan Vote of Pender, but per the NSAA side, it's held by and I, I forget his name now, Yanni Heralabitis from Fall City Sacred Heart, and that was back in 2012. He had 61 PATs, um, which was all in that 2012 season. So he had the season and career <laughs> record <laughs> from one year there at Sacred Heart. So. If the 75 is correct and there's, there hasn't been somebody but since 2012 that maybe cleared that number that hasn't made it onto that uh, onto that list yet, it looks like Quentin Heineman is now in possession of an eight-man state record. And this is a guy we've talked about plenty this year with all the production he's had. So just a big shout-out to Quentin Heineman. So again, our stat lines, Elliot Nottleman of Bancroft, Rosalie, Trev Peters of Heartland, Kyle Cox of Sandhills, Thetford, and just an acknowledgement of the record-breaking performance by Quentin. Quentin Heineman of Pender. Well, now onto our breakout section. And Smith, normally we try to dig around and find some new freshmen, but I mean we've highlighted a handful of guys throughout the year, and I th- I like I like what we're doing here. I, th- I like the idea of just checking back in on some of these guys because all right, they were freshmen, they had a big performance, but did they just have a one-off game or have they continued it on? And that's what I and I think we want to look at four guys right here that have certainly continued it on since we first caught caught uh caught caught on to their names yeah i really i really like this part of the segment where we're just past the midway point of the season and like you said we're kind of checking back in and finding out who kept it going and who was just kind of a one-hit wonder um so first off we'll start off with uh the saint francis quarterback carson wessel um they're three he's got them at three and two um completions so far on the season he's 35 for 62 for 559 yards and seven touchdowns with only three picks but he's also doing it on the ground with 71 carries for 195 yards and eight rushing touchdowns so i mean he's he's been doing it night in and night out and he's a big part of why those flyers are at three and two yeah, it's they've bounced back from that zero and two start, and like you said, that it starts under center for him with Wessel. And I mean, this is this is still a quality St. Francis team, but there's been other years where being a freshman quarterback for a good St. Francis team 
meant taking the snap and getting it into the hands of one of two or three all-state caliber players and just letting them get out, just just facilitating and just just managing the offense. But this is a team that in this kind of soft rebuild, I think they're they don't quite have that level of player supporting Wessel and he's having to do a lot of work. And I've been real and I think he's shown some obvious growth. He's showing in the win column for the Flyers and I'm glad we caught we caught on to him early on, and I'm glad he's a guy that we're ready to keep an eye on for the next four years. Yeah, for sure. He's he's. I'm I'm glad you called your shot on him early, and we got our got our eyes on him quick because he's he's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, so speaking of other quarterbacks, let's let's check in with the Saint Saint Mary's quarterback with uh, Gage Hedstrom, and I know I know you've got to see him quite a bit, and he's he's kind of a guy that you kind of like, so I'll let you take him. Yeah, and I, I actually get uh, lucky enough to do, uh, I'll be doing the St. Mary's hosting Chambers-Wheeler Central game on Friday on KBRX, so I'll get to really get an up-close look at Gage Hedstrom, their freshman quarterback. Hedstrom leads freshmen in eight and six man in passing yards, rushing yards, and tackles, and it's not particularly close in any of those three statistical categories. He's just absolutely running the show there for a four and one St. Mary's team. And it's, it, it was known that he was going to be from early, from late last year when he was finishing up eighth grade and his older brother, the quarterback was graduating. It was known that Gage Hedstrom was going to come in and be the quarterback of this team. And I kind of figured that he might have some impressive passing numbers because he had some interesting weapons around him. Dalton Alder, Isaac Everett coming out there. And I thought figured, and, his arm talent, just his athletic ability. I thought he'd be able to maybe put, do some interesting things there, but his ability defensively and as a runner, as a freshman, just the, the decision-making, the vision, the maturity that he exhibits on the field, not to mention the obvious speed and athleticism that he shows. I, I feel very, very lucky that I'm probably going to get to do an awful lot of Gage Hedstrom football games over the next couple seasons for radio. <laughs> yeah, he's a, another guy that it was kind of expected of him coming in, and uh, he has not disappointed at all. And like you said, passing, rushing, tackling, special teams. I know he had multiple kickoff returns for touchdowns over the season, um, especially just filling in. Like, that's not his normal role. But you put your best athletes in positions to win games, and uh, I kind of categorized some of these freshmen in, in my notes here of like kind of different play styles. And the only thing I could put for Gage Hedstrom was football player. Like he's <laughs> That's a, exactly right. He's <laughs> like your Taysom Hill of O'Neill St. Mary's. I mean, he's just kind of does it all for him and uh, does it well. I mean, quite quite impressive for Gage Hedstrom. That's for sure. Yeah, but BYU Taysom Hill where it was fun, not Saints Taysom Hill where it's frustrating and yeah. ruins my fantasy yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> Those are different Taysom Hills, but yeah, Gage Hedstrom, just an absolute baller so far this year. Uh, And so that kind of covers the quarterbacks. There's a couple running back kind of skill position, more skill um, ball carrier types that we've looked at throughout the season. And I think they're both guys that you've probably gotten eyes on and got a little bit more intel on than me, Smith, which way you want to take it. Um, I'll take the Bloomfield kid. Uh, right. I'll take Brock, Brock Jonato, power running back slash linebacker out of Bloomfield. Um, he's got, gotten quite a bit of run here as Bloomfield's kind of gotten to run their twos in some some games here, uh, like a big blowout against Randolph. And then they got up on Osborne, and he had a pretty good game there. But so far through five games, he's uh, 
24 carries for 279 yards and five touchdowns, but he's really kind of doing it on the defensive end where he's got 30 total tackles with nine of them being tackles for loss. And most of those tackles for loss are just him getting sent on absolute heater blitzes and sacking quarterbacks. So he's, he's been a lot of fun to watch. And uh, like you, like you were talking about, I've gotten to see both, both our two guys that we're still talking about and I'll actually get to see both of them play each other Friday night. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, Brock, Brock Jonato has been really impressive so far this season. And, uh, he's, he's not the go-to guy. He's kind of the spell back for Bloomfield. Um, but he gives a nice change of pace where he's more of the power runner for that team. And, uh, kind of a, you need two yards, he's going to go get it. And he might just break it off for about 60 for you. So, I mean, he's, he's been a lot of fun to watch offense and defense. So, um, that, yeah, I can't, can't really say enough good things about him. Yeah. It plays like like an absolute heat-seeking missile out there, and it's been fun to see him grow in his role and be weaponized on both sides of the ball. And you mentioned the guy that he'll be facing off against this coming week, and it's a running back that plays a little, a little bit different style, and that's Gage Walton. He's almost, I mean, you look at some stat lines, you might not even uh, classify him as almost more of a receiver some nights as opposed to a running back, but he's been really explosive at a lot in a lot of different games here for Creighton and I think his explosiveness has led to a lot of a lot of has played a big role in Creighton being not as down as I thought they would be this year he's got 28 carries for 179 yards two touchdowns 20 receptions for 260 yards and two touchdowns uh, 166 average yards for uh, yards per game 24 total tackles and he was really really impressive in their near upset over EPPJ and I mean, like we mentioned the first time we brought Walton up, he's got serious bloodlines in terms of guys that have been outstanding athletes and creating for older brothers. And it looks like he's well on his way to, to having that same type of career. Yeah. And the thing that kind of impresses me about Gage uh, is they use him kind of like a scat back. Like he kind of resembles uh, like a Wandale Robinson when he was at Nebraska to me anyway, where they've kind of, Creighton runs kind of a tough, tough, de- tough offense to keep track of where it's a, a lot of RPO, a lot of read option, speed option, triple option stuff. And that that's tough for a lot of these freshmen. And he's got a sophomore quarterback that he's learning there with. And uh, so I think just him being able to fill those necessary roles and be able to pick up that offense and be able to be used in so many different aspects. I, I know he's got another, I think it was either a punt or a kick return for a touchdown too. So, I mean, it's it's really impressive to watch these young guys kind of fill in roles that the teams go, okay, we've got a hole, but who's going to fill it? And these young guys are stepping up. And uh, Gage has done a good job of that for the Bulldogs, who I think they've only got about 14 kids on the team. So, I mean, you don't have a lot of options, but if you're going to have to pick a option, Gage Walton's done an excellent job so far this season. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch him and Brock Jonato go toe-to-toe in kind of the battle of the freshman, freshman backs on Friday night over the – in Creighton so it'll be a lot of fun yeah absolutely and always fun and I'm excited that all four of these guys will get to keep our eye on but for these both the breakouts and the stat lines make sure you're either if there's guys that we're missing because again we try to look at all the stats we can catch all the results that we can but stuff's going to slip through the cracks if you got somebody that we need to look at or something that we need to talk about make sure you're messaging us on Facebook uh, DMing us on Twitter, just tweeting straight at us. Just get a hold of us. And it's 8 by 80 podcast, number 8BY80 podcast. Uh, that's on, bo- on on all the social media. Get, get us more information because we want to talk about it. 
So now, Gaston, we'll crack into our top tens and we'll try to keep it moving through some of these because we've got a couple games that are pretty, pretty interesting that I think we'll wind up spending a little bit of time <laughs> on. So we'll keep it moving here. We'll keep it moving as best we can. We'll start here at the top of D1. North Platte, St. Pat's, it's all. It's always been them this year. Uh, we mentioned they knocked off Sand Hills Valley 43 to nothing. They'll travel to 3-2 and two. Maxwell. Uh Number two, Cross County. They knocked off Cedar Bluff 76 to nothing. They host one and four Madison. This next one, this this one could be a little interesting here. Stanton, they're five and zero. Oh. They beat Lions Decatur Northeast 83 to 16. So that 83 is an impressive number. Most weeks probably be your high score, but you had that 90 spot from Neely. Stanton hosts Wisner, who is three and two. And as near as I could tell, Tyler, Wisner plays as well as whoever is lined up across from them. And if that's true, Stanton should be in for a good one here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head where Wisner plays to plays to whoever they're playing against. And uh, if that's the case, like you said, they'll they'll be right there with Stanton. Um, it's just kind of which which Wisner team's going to show up Friday night. And uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to th- this one. Is kind of a a little bit of a sleeper game that people could could tune into and catch some really good football. Uh, moving on down the line, you got number four Clarkson Lee. At five and zero, taking on uh, one and four Cedar Bluffs. They beat Twin River fifty-two to zero last week. Another shutout win. Uh, number five, we've got Thayer Central at five and zero. They beat uh, Southern thirty-six to six, and they host a three and two Extra Milligan friend. And uh, I think I'm going to take the under on pass attempts for this game. This this is going to be old school. I mean, this is this is a lot of smash mouth football, Austin. Yeah, you're gonna see that split back from Thayer, that split back set from Thayer Central with Sordike and Mariska, and you're gonna see Exeter Milligan friend feed Breckenschluter the same way they have these last couple weeks. It's gonna be th- those three guys are gonna have the ball in their hands a lot, and I think your clock's gonna run a lot because you got that running game, and I so I think wouldn't be surprised to see this one, you know, wind up somewhere in the first one to 28 might wind up winning this game. This one could be real exciting. Moving on to number six, and that's Laurel Concord Coleridge. They're at five and zero now, and they beat Crofton twenty-two to nothing. So, good another shutout there for the Bears. They host that three and two Wakefield team that we had mentioned before. But Laurel's defense certainly looking good. But Wakefield could be could be a good test for that, especially with quarterback Cade Johnson. Yeah, Laurel's defense has been really kind of the impressive part part to me. I mean, they're kind of a local team for me and so I kind of try and keep an eye on all the local guys but man they've got multiple shutout wins um their offense has put up quite a few points but I, this this Crofton team that they took on is a physical team so I can understand the, tw- the 22 there but yeah Wakefield I've seen them put up some serious numbers and uh they're coming off a disappointing loss against Hardington Newcastle so I, I got to think they're kind of looking for a bounce back game kind of a little bit of get a little, little bit of vengeance back so this one it's it's can Wakefield put up the offense and can Laurel's defense keeps keep proving that they're legit. Uh, moving on down the line, we've got number seven, Neely Oakdale at four and one. They they gave that whoop into Plainview that we already talked about, 90 to 56. And uh, they'll host three and two Summerland. And uh, I was high on Summerland preseason. I know you were high on pre- Summerland preseason. And uh, I, I'm thinking this is going to be a high scoring one. This is. Neely, Neely can put up some numbers, and I, I think Summerlin, if they get that Wildcat offense going like they have, I think that'll be another another good one to watch. Yeah, just Neely 
for be, their four and one record, their number seven ranking, and both of which are very earnestly earned defensively has been a little bit of a question for him this year. We saw they got 90 on plain view, but they gave 56. Summerlin can run the ball. Trevor Thompson is as explosive of a back as you'll find. If he has creases, he can make you pay for the Bobcats there. And he, and so, yeah, I would not be, I don't think it's going to be another 90 to 56, but no, <laughs> if no. you told me that this one was a, you know, 60 to 40 or something like that, that wouldn't, that certainly would not shock me. Um, oh yeah. Rounding out our top 10, number eight, Paul Myra. They had that come from behind win against Exeter Milligan friend, 48 to 44. They host two and three Johnson County central Elmwood Murdoch keeps trucking along four and one. They knocked off Mead 30 to 22. They'll, they travel to one and four Conestoga and Ravenna one and seven a year ago. Ravens now at five and oh, they beat McCool junction 64 to 12. They check in at number 10. But they get, I think, their biggest test so far of the season. A three and two Nebraska Christian team comes to town, and I think this is going to be uh, the first time that this undefeated record really gets challenged here for Ravenna. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this this is the first true test that they're going to have this season, and uh, this 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 will be kind of the proving grounds to keep them in the top ten, or maybe even move them up a little bit, or if uh, they kind of kind of get exposed a little bit here, this is. I'm I'm thinking they're gonna stay right where they're at, but this this is the first true test for sure. Uh, as we slide on down to teams receiving votes, you got Riverside at five and one. They beat Arcadia Loop City fifty six to eight. They are actually on a bye this week, which which halfway through the season, I know a lot of these teams are wishing they were on a bye just so they could get healthy. So this this could be big for Riverside, just kind of getting a week off to recuperate, catch some film, and uh, get healthy. Yeah, with that. Zero week game that they played against Summerlin to get themselves a little bit an extra week here during the season. So good, a nice break there for the Chargers. Moving on to D two and still Howells Dodge at the top there five and zero. They beat East Butler fifty eight to eight. They traveled to three and two Humphrey St Francis and Smith. I remember like when we were in high school this and this was pre Howells Dodge co op even that. You know, the Howells-St. Francis game, that was, you know, one of, as far as the regular season goes, that was the game. That was the game in D, D, in D1 and D2. That was always just an outstanding matchup. Yeah, that was the game that, that a lot of these GPAC schools were going to looking for recruits because you, you saw a lot of studs in, in both those schools. And like you were saying, that was the game. That was a, when you, they'd meet up in the regular season, that was a playoff game in and of itself, if not a state championship-worthy game um, between those two. And uh, both both storied programs, and right now, neither one of them is really missing a beat. I mean, we thought St. Francis was down, and we already talked about how good Carson Wessel is and how he's kind of keeping them in it. And uh, we know how good Howells Dodge is. They've been good since they combined. They were good before they combined. I mean, there's, there's a reason they're number one. Um, there's there's no surprise there. I'm I'm not going to say I'm on upset alert here, but I'm kind of rooting for it. I'm not going to lie to you. I I think St. Francis makes it more competitive than anybody expects. That's that yeah. that's my take. <laughs> yeah. And that that's going to come come from the air and on also the legs of Carson Wessel like we already oh, talked about sure. he can do it with it. we can he can do it with his legs. And uh, that causes problems for defenses, whether you're one of the top defenses or not. Any mobile quarterback causes a problem. But um, so this this one I'm looking for ups, maybe an upset alert. Definitely keeping my eyes on it. But um, the next game 
is one that should definitely be on upset alert. And that's number two, Elgin Public Pope John going 5-0. and And they beat Boyd County 53-20 to last week. But they are going to the 5-0 and Ainsworth Bulldogs that you and I, Austin, are both pretty high on. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're not the highest in the rankings. We'll get to them as we go down the list. But I've got a question for you, Austin. And I know yeah. this is going to be one of our pick'em games, so we're going to deep dive this one a little bit. But if you're Elgin Public Pope John, are you changing your defense and saying, okay, we've got to try and take out Carter Nelson. We're going to change it up so he's our main focus. We're just stopping him. Or are you saying there's eight guys on the field. They've all got to beat us, not just one guy. Let's, let's, let's hear your stance on that. So it's really interesting that you ask it that way because my biggest question going into this game is Ainsworth has won every game going away, and they do it in so many different ways. They're incredibly multiple on offense. I mean, you mentioned Carter Nelson. He's thrown for nine touchdowns, he's rushed for six, and he's caught seven. Like, so what we what I don't know about this Ainsworth team is when it's tight. How do they operate? Like, what's the thing that they lean on when it's close and competitive? Because if I'm EPPJ, I'm thinking, well, where do the, when it's close and competitive, what do they want to do with Nelson? And then I'm going to probably try to shade something that direction and at least make somebody else beat me. Don't, don't just let the four-star tight end have one-on-one against guys in the open field all night long. But where are they going to line Nelson up? And are you going to be, are you going, are you going to be able to be multiple enough as a defense to address all those different ways that they're going to go? Cause I, I genuinely don't know is does Ainsworth remain that multiple and do and approach and approach offense that many different ways. I think they've had four guys throw touchdowns and they've, they've just had so many guys touch the ball in so many different ways. Or do they stick like that? Do they play like that throughout the game? Or is there a certain kind of formation and style that they'll wind up falling into if this game is, you know, a one score game in the fourth quarter? I, I don't know. That's, that's a really good take that I hadn't really thought about as far as what, what happens when the game's close? Like where, where do they actually want him at? And Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm the Wolfpack, I'm, I'm thinking I'm putting, no matter what, I'm having my senior leader of Jack Wemhoff just calling out wherever Nelson's at. I mean, he's not hard to miss. He stands about a foot taller than everybody else on the field. But you've got your your captains on defense have to know where he's at all the time. And if they, I'm sure they've been watching plenty of film trying to figure out, okay, if he's at wide receiver, we're going this this type of look. If he's at tight end, we're going this type of look. If he's at quarterback. We got to go. We got to change things up and go a different style. And uh, I think they've they've just. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head where they've got to be able to adapt on defense and just kind of give multiple different looks. But that's that's an interesting take on what what do they do when the going gets tough? Because it's it's easy to experiment with a, a superstar athlete like him when you're up and you go, okay, let's try this and see if it works. And now that they've this is the first true test in my eyes for quite frankly, both teams. I mean, we know Elgin got pushed by Creighton there earlier on in the year, but this, this is the first true test for Ainsworth for sure. And yeah, once, once the going gets tough, what, what's their style going to be? Yeah, I guess. Exactly. What do they think is truly their bread and butter when it gets down to it? And that's, I, we're, we're probably going to learn that in this game. And that's, that's exciting. This is, 
one of the one one of the rare regular season games where I look at two teams that I think have real deep playoff run potential and say we are going to know more about both of these teams when this thing is over. Which which to me, this is what we've been wanting for quite a while for both yes. of these teams. I mean, this is I've, been I've, been, the I've had part. this game circled for a while for both of yeah. these squads. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it after we record the podcast multiple different weeks where it's like, okay. We just got to get to this week and then we learn this yes. is for not just this matchup. This is a big week for a lot of teams that we'll kind of get into later. But this is for this matchup. That's a this is a big one. And I I love the fact that we're picking it. I don't even after walking through that, I still don't know who I want to pick. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we got a little time to think about it. it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so th- this is an exciting one. And uh, we we don't drop at all. No. Going from number two to number three, because it, once we get to number three, you've got Bruning Davenport Shickley, who's at five and zero, oh, and they took on Fall City Sacred Heart, like we talked about, beating them fifty-two to twenty-six, and they have to go to five and zero oh, Johnson Brock, and this is on a Thursday night, so we'll get this one tomorrow night. And if you were going to ask me a week ago, I'd have said this is better than the NFL Thursday night game. Like this, this would have been on my big screen, and the NFL game would have been on the iPad. Yeah. And, and but sadly, it's not. And there's a big one this week, so it's probably going to get demoted down to the laptop or iPad. But this is this is another pick em game where we've got more to dive through. So we're, we didn't oh, miss absolutely. a beat going from two to three. No, there's just because this Johnson Brock team, they're they're ranked eighth. They weren't really they were kind of weren't getting much preseason ranking love were the Eagles, but they've really shown to be a really impressive, tough team so far this season. And they, they'll throw the ball around. Uh, Sloan Pelican, their quarterback, he's thrown for 10 touchdowns. He's over 100 yards a game. They will they will just sling that thing around the yard. Johnson Brock has been doing that for, a, for quite a few years now. That's how that offense runs. But Sacred Heart, they kind of got down and tried to beat Bruning Davenport Shickley with the pass. And... Didn't go great. Again, 52 to 26, the finals, the Sacred Heart tried to throw the ball. John Bruning Davenport Shickley was up to it. Are they going to be up to it again against a team that I would say is even more of a more of a true aerial attack as opposed to kind of a Sacred Heart being kind of an option attack that was going to the air? Yeah, that's I think I think you've got it right there where Johnson Brock's more that air raid style and that Sacred Heart's more of your RPO rpo type looks getting your playmakers out in space and uh yeah this is this is one where i i again this is one where we learn a lot about these teams where this is yes they've had a couple tougher matchups where some like burning davenport shickley taking on sacred heart that's that's not an easy game by any means but this is a true test where you find out what your team looks like what they can do against high-powered offenses tough defenses this is a lot of these games that we're kind of getting into are your it's like a playoff preview of what you're mm-hmm. going to see second, third rounds of your playoffs. And you learn a lot about your teams. And I know a lot of these teams are looking forward to these matchups where they do get to learn. And if they see something, they let's say a team exploits a weakness, they know they've got a couple weeks to fix that. And uh, I'm, I, I, I already know who I'm taking in this one, but I'm not going to say it yet. But um yeah, this is a tough defense meets an explosive offense. So this one, this one's pretty exciting to me. Yeah, for sure. 
keep rolling through the middle of our top 10 here for D2. Number four, Hitchcock County. They're 5-0. and They knocked off Bertrand 78-8. to They actually won't wind up playing this week. It was announced today Maywood Hayes Center has enough injuries on the roster that they're going to have to forfeit that game that was going to be that was scheduled for tomorrow night, Thursday. So it'll be a bye week for Hitchcock County. Uh, that'll set up their get them rested up for a big matchup with Dundee County Stratton next week. Uh, number five, Bloomfield five and zero, knocked off Randolph seventy six to twenty, no problem there. Already mentioned Creighton hosting the bees, the two and three Creighton Bulldogs. So. Bloomfield getting getting into the meat of their schedule a little bit, but still still probably a pretty comfortable favorite as they kind of wind down the regular season here. Uh, Dundee yeah. County Stratton did all did already mention that next week they'll play Hitchcock County, but this week they're coming off of a forfeit buy from Medicine Valley, and now they'll host Loomis. That's a one in four Loomis Wolves squad, but. Again, this is, I think, Hitchcock County and Dundee County Stratton, Tyler, it's similar to some of these other games we've highlighted. We've ha- we've had their matchups circled on the calendar for a while, and it's just about, get. I think we're, you hate to overlook Loomis too much, but especially with Hitchcock County getting the bye, it's really easy to turn your eye a week ahead with those two squads. Yeah, I'm sure the Dundee County Stratton coaches are saying, hey, we can't can't take any of these teams for granted. We've got to keep keep playing right, whoever's right in front of you. Don't, don't go looking on to future weeks, but um yeah like you said next next week is the one for number four and number six really to go at it and uh this this will be good for hitchcock county where they can kind of scout out dundee county stratton get healthy and just kind of take a week of just prep and i'm i don't i don't want to say dcs was doing that this last week where they had the buy where maybe they were kind of peeking ahead a little bit but um I, I think I would be. I mean, that's a that's a tough Hitchcock County team that you're going to be going against here next week. So, yeah, we'll see if DCS takes care of business this week, and then that's a, that's a big one that I'm, I'd imagine we'll be picking next week. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and bet on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, moving on down the line to another. It's a tie for six actually in the consensus rankings is number number also number six Kennesaw who's five and zero oh, they beat Silver Lake fifty to zero another shutout win and they'll actually host four and one Lawrence Nelson and this is another one where you learn a lot about your team and it's an opportunity for a statement win on both sides Austin yeah Lawrence Nelson especially because Kennesaw has been pretty well respected in the polls throughout the season they're the defending state champion they lost a lot but they certainly look to have replaced a good bit of it. And so they've been the quality team all year long. And Lawrence Nelson is just, they flirted with the back end of the pole. I think they've snuck up as into that eight, nine, 10 range a couple of times, but they're just kind of hanging out on the back end of the pole there. They're receiving votes this week, but now you're lined up with an opportunity here for, for the pirates, uh, Lawrence Nelson, for Lawrence Nelson, you can, if you win this game, you're staking your claim. No, we're a top 10 team. We've been a top 10 team. And there's probably a lot of people around the state that would argue that they've been the top 10 team the whole time. Well, win this game and you've got it done. And for Kennesaw, I mean, again, this is a team that lost a lot of production from last year's team, but they stand at five and zero. They've played outstanding ball all season long. Knock off a good Lawrence Nelson team and say, listen, I don't care who we lost. We're still here to defend our crown. Yeah, for sure. That's a good good way to put it where it doesn't matter what you lost. I mean, they're still still beating teams 50 to 0, so I mean, like you said, if they win this one, it's it's kind of a statement of, "Hey, we're we're still legit. Like don't just write us off and keep us towards the back end of this top 10 just because of the fact that we were good last year." 
and uh, we lose a bunch of guys. I mean, it's every year's a new team, and your your best teams find ways to win every season. I mean, you you don't see like we kind of talked about a couple different teams earlier where we thought they might have be having down years or rebuild years or so, soft rebuilds or whatever you want to call them, and they're still winning games. I mean, these these historic programs keep winning games, and Kennesaw is one of those where they're usually towards the top. And Lawrence Nelson looking to make a name, so this is like you said. I mean, it's, it's a big opportunity for both teams. That it's it's really exciting to see this one. For sure. Rounding out at the top 10, we already mentioned Johnson Brock. Uh, they had knocked off Lords 44 to 6. That sets up that big one with BDS this week. Um, Osceola, they check in at number nine. They're four and one. They put the screws to Giltner 46 to 6, and they're traveling to two and three. Fullerton mentioned Sand Hills Thedford. They're checking in at number 10 with that win over Hyannis. They host two and three in Selmo Myrna. Uh, just a quick rundown of the receiving votes because we've pretty much already mentioned every one of these teams at least once. Ainsworth is checking in there. They're the top team just outside of the 10. We, they're hosting Elgin, Elgin Public Pope John, Falls City Sacred Heart. Um, they're traveling to Humboldt Table Rock Steinauer. Elm Creek, they're on a bye, so nice break there for the undefeated Buffalo. St. Francis uh, hosting Howells Dodge, and then Lawrence Nelson traveling to Kennesaw, and then so there's only one t- one matchup here in the in the contenders Tyler that we haven't already talked about, and I think it's one that you and I both probably want to dig sink our teeth into a little bit. So let's kind of pick this one apart and use and we can y- kind of use this to spring us into our pick'em segment as well. Yeah, and that, that's a backyard matchup that I've I've been looking forward to this one for a while since both these teams were kind of picking up momentum, and that's why not. Um, they beat Creighton last week, 45 to 16. And, uh, that was kind of an earlier game. I believe it was a two thirty kick and, uh, they're hosting four and one Wausau. And we are, we already mentioned Wausau coming off that loss against Osmond. That was kind of a shocker. And, uh, you wonder if Wausau, the Vikings weren't beat up a little bit. Um, Osmond's a physical team. I mean, I've seen them play a couple different times and, uh, they can, if you let them hang around for four quarters, it's you're in trouble. And uh, I think that's exactly what Wausau did, where they they let them hang around too long uh, with a too too much of a physical team, and that's the exact opposite of what you want to do with Why Not. I mean, they're they're the same way, and uh, they've they've been looking really impressive. Their passing attack. I mean, they've got some pretty good weapons with uh, the Schroeder kid on the outside. A lot of height on that team. Um, they got a lot of height, um, and the Heine kid. I mean, we've already highlighted him earlier. I mean, we've highlighted. Jackson Clausen for Wausau, but we also highlighted Heine over there for Why Not. So, I mean, this is one where it's basically backyard rivals and both teams looking to prove something. This is this is one that I'm definitely going to be checking scores on throughout the quarters. Yeah, it's a really interesting one for me. I think my my gut says my gut says that this is a better matchup for Wausau if they're healthy coming off that Osmond game because I think you're going to see a little bit more of an emphasis from why not to try to take some of those shots over the top, go to those big receivers. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and if you've got a healthy Clausen back there at back, there, kind of playing in a free safety style role. He certainly can, he can hang with anybody if we're just going to start playing jump ball down there. So I think that sets up a little bit better for Wausau, but I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's so strongly that I'd bet a mortgage payment on it or anything like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's. I think I think you're right on that one. Where I think these two teams match up better than that Osman Wausau matchup, and uh, yeah, I think they they match up well on paper. Um, they match up well hypothetically when I'm kind of picturing the two teams on the field. So this is this is one that yeah, like you said, I'd I'd be willing to take Wausau, but yeah, not betting the mortgage. Definitely definitely not. That's a that's a no no. I don't don't think the wife would appreciate that one on this kind <laughs> of a matchup. Yeah, not 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 the safest move. But so that's gonna be one of our pick'em games. So let's just go ahead and roll into pick'ems and Smith since we split last week, both going two and two. Neither of us has the lead, so I'll just let you take the first pick again of those of those four games that we've already kind of we've already kind of talked about all of them. So which one do you want to go with first and who you got? Hmm. This is these are all these are this is a great oh, set of oh, man. Games. <laughs> this is this is this is a lot closer pickums than we had last week. Like we had a couple couple freebies there last week. Um this is this is not not easy, but I'm actually gonna take the upset of Johnson Brock hosting BDS. I th- I think that aerial attack is gonna be a lot. Um nobody took a upset last week. I'm taking one this week and I'm I'm calling my shot on that one. That's 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 mine. I like that one, Johnson Brock's a tough place to play. The 80-yard turf in a bowl. That's that's a fun one. I like that. I like that a lot. That's frisky. Okay. Hmm. The funny thing is, like that one is a, is a really really tough one to pick, but it really feels like an absolute coin flip. Yep. All these the rest of these games that we're looking at, I feel like. They're a coin flip, but at the same time, whoever I'm picking, I'm almost, I feel like I'm sticking my neck out. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's, that that's why I was like, if I'm going to take one, I'm going to take the bigger upset. Like, I'm, I'm going to go for the I'm one. I'm just not comfortable. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to take Kennesaw on the road at Lawrence Nelson. I think they, I think they keep it rolling. I just, I think they'll, I think they'll be that team. That, I think they're going to be the team that says, listen, we, we just know how to win games. And, this will be a really impressive win for them. And I'm I'm good with both either of those teams. So yeah, I can't I'm, I can't make glad. A, I can't make a strong argument against Lawrence Nelson. I just <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm glad you took the the kind of storied program of Kennesaw, and uh, I kind of get the new guys on the block. So I'm I'm perfectly content with that one. Another I'm maybe I'll just pick all home teams because so far I've got. Two out of two. Oh, yeah, you really, you really want all the home teams. Oh, <laughs> well, there's a matchup I'm looking at that kind of tells I know. me. That I get one. Oh man, I'm. Oh man, this one's tough. It's I. I like both these next two home teams, but I, I'll actually take why not uh, at home over Wausau, and I'll I'll make you make the tough decision between Ainsworth oh, and. Oh, you're uh, killing me. You're just absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'll take the I'll take the Blue Devils and. I mean, they're they've just got some straight up athletes over there, and yeah. uh, I'm I gotta gotta be thinking that Wausau's coming off that loss against Osmond, kind of going, what do we do now? Now, I mean, they were off to one of their best starts they've had since I think 2012, and uh, so they might be reeling a little bit. Now, I'm perfectly content taking the athletes over there, and why not? I mean, with why not? They're they're a one loss team, and the one loss was Howells Dodge. I think with it, I think that deserves to be said when you're talking mm-hmm. about the Blue Devils. So yeah, they're no, no, no real, no real arguments for me there, but this one, oh, this is, I've literally been thinking about this one all day because I knew we were going to pick it. I knew I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. 
these are both teams that I cover on a fairly regular basis for KBRX too. So I don't even have a real lean that way. I mean, I, I got to do a lot of playoff games for EPPJ. We see, I see plenty of Ainsworth across the, with all the Niagara Valley conference teams that they play. I, Oh my goodness. I, I already know who I would take in this, but I just didn't want to say it. And so uh, I'm glad I get to force you to say it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> This is brutal. I just. I'm going to do it. I'll take Ainsworth. <laughs> oh, dang it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna, no I'm gonna no take all home teams I'm, for me. No, I'm not letting you take all the home teams. I'm going to take Ainsworth. I'm going to just bet on this being legitimately, legitimately the greatest Ainsworth team of all time. This is a program that's never even won a playoff game, but they clearly have a transcendent athlete. They're at home. It's an early kick. Two weeks ago, I called EPPJ the cardiac wolf pack. So not that they're not capable of winning this game, because they certainly are. But oh yeah, I don't. But this isn't your normal number two rank, number two ranked team taking on a team that's just on the fr- on the outside fringes of the top ten. I think I think this is going to be an incredibly competitive game. Ainsworth is tough to get a beat on because they haven't had a tremendously difficult schedule to this point, but I feel fairly confident about them. And the fact that this is an just from a pure roster standpoint and the guys that have switched sports and have gone out for football and some of the dudes that they have playing this year that they haven't had playing in years past, this is not the same Ainsworth team that it has been. And I think this is, this is the week where they prove it and everybody has to say, all right, we have, we acknowledge it. So, yep, I'm taking the Bulldogs. Which I I'm glad you you picked them. I mean, I kind of wish I had them, but I'm perfectly happy taking them. What I consider the more complete team, they might ha- have the best athlete on the field, but they've got got a couple that might be up there, and that's uh, I mean, Jack Wemhoff. You know they're going to be leaning on him this game, and uh, Peyton Hofer at quarterback. I mean, he's been playing well. You called him the cardiac wolf pack, and then all of a sudden they kind of got into. Uh, a little bit easier part of their schedule, and they've looked good. They've put up numbers. Yeah. I mean, they've had we, some dominant. We kinda, I think forty points in the first quarter against against Boyd County last week. Just dominant from the gun. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been efficient. I mean, it's it hasn't been volume scores. It's been big plays. It's been defense getting scores. I mean, it's I I truly consider them a full team. Like I don't see a lot of weak spots on that team, and uh, if if they can figure out how to adjust and neutralize, not not necessarily neutralize, but kind of hinder Carter Nelson a little bit, I, I think their offense can keep up with them to the point where they they could do it. And if if they can win this one, I, I don't care if Ainsworth towards the bottom of people's top tens, they're they should definitely be higher. I mean, I've seen some of them with them as high as like four, and. Uh, I, I don't think they're quite getting the respect that they deserve. And so, I, in my opinion, if Elgin wins this one, they, they've they earned that two-spot that they've had all season. I mean, they've... Yeah, this is a, this some is a big-time game for them if they take it. <laughs> yeah, some people have been saying, hey, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be that high. I mean, they've barely won a couple of their games. But you win this one, it's kind of like, okay, you, you've earned it. You've beat who's in front of you, and now you've beat your first true test. So I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, it's... Um, yeah, I'll I'll 
perfectly happy taking the wolf pack and i i'm hoping they're not the cardiac wolf pack because i sweat enough last week just trying yeah. to stay even so I'm, I'm hoping to kind of pull ahead on some points here and uh speaking of even we've i actually had somebody tell me that they actually got all four of these games right last week but they didn't tell me this until saturday hmm. and so I, I i yeah i don't i don't know whether or not to believe that but if if somebody out there wants to try and pick these games that we've just covered and uh kind of put yourselves up against us uh feel free to dm us on twitter uh, message us on facebook however you want to do it um, just let us know who you're picking and uh what in all four of the games and uh don't do it on saturday because i'm i'm gonna kind of call bs count. on it <laughs> yeah it's not gonna count but i will gonna, say okay. if and we got a thursday game so we're gonna need it we're gonna need it by tomorrow yeah. afternoon for this week if yeah. you want to get in on it so yeah. hope you're tuning in tomorrow, right away on thursday mornings <laughs> Tomorrow, no later than like six thirty, because if yeah. it's if it's at seven twenty, we know we know something's up. Yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah, and honestly, if somebody gets all four of them right, we're we're trying to look at something. I mean, we're trying to get some merch made up and stuff like that. But uh, for now, the best we can do is just a shout out on social media, which uh, if you get all four, I mean, we're more than happy to point out that you you know your stuff, and especially like knowing eight man football. Um, if you get all four, I mean, we must be doing our jobs fairly well. So, yeah, and this and these are f- four fun games. And like we mentioned, uh, Bruning Davenport Shickley, that's at Johnson Brock. That one's tomorrow night at seven. And Johnson Brock has always has good strive streams coming from there. And I'm sure mm-hmm. and I'm fairly certain that there will be a radio station plugged in. So you, if you're not able to if you're not in that neck of the woods and able to see it in person, that one should be eminently streamable for you to see something high quality. And then that EPPJ Ainsworth game, I'm not certain about video stream, but that's a two thirty kick on that is a two thirty kick on Friday. And I am certain that KBRB, the radio station out of Ainsworth will have the live play by play of that one. So even if you're just trying to get through the tail end of your work week, go ahead and click onto the radio station online there and catch that one because I think you're going to see some special, special stuff there from all from those two games and from the Kennesaw Lawrence Nelson and Wausau Why Not games. I think we've got an outstanding, like you mentioned, Tyler. This was just this was a sick set of pick'em games, and I'm I know we've got a couple that'll come around next week that'll keep it pretty exciting too. <laughs> yeah, this is it's we love to pick games that are that are close. I mean, it makes it tough. But um, they're a lot more fun. And, and when you get it right, I mean, it's even more fun that way. I mean, like I got the um, couple of them right last week where it's kind of like, ah, eh, they were kind of gimme ones where we, I kind of knew it was going to happen. But um, yeah, this one this one will kind of test test some things here. And uh, we want want to kind of pivot here a little bit to kind of a little bit more of a sad note. We want to express that uh, all of our thoughts and prayers are headed out towards Chase County. They're not a not an eight man school, but they're. Nebraska family, um, they had a pretty bad accident over there, so we just want to s- express our thoughts and prayers over to them. And uh, if you feel feel free to kind of show some support their way as well, um, let them know you're thinking about them. And uh, yeah, that's a tough tough deal for um, small town Nebraska. So we kind of kind of try and keep each other as one whole piece. So um, thoughts and prayers out that way, Austin. Yeah, it's. Uh... We're not going to get into the details of it. That's not our place. There's plenty of news coverage on it if you want to look into the incident, the accident out there at Chase, Chase County. But like Tyler said, yeah, they're not eight man. But I mean, 
foot everybody who's been involved it in Nebraska football at any level, you know, football is a family, your town is your family, small town football and all of Nebraska, it's all one big family. And so it's just always important to keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers and especially those like the folks out in Chase County that are probably having a tough time right now. So like Tyler said, and I know it's kind of the buzzword now and it can be kind of cliche, but sometimes thoughts and prayers are the best that we can offer. And so we, we do, we give them when we can. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to do it for this week though. So again, our pick em games, that's BDS at Johnson, Brock, Kennesaw, Lawrence Nelson, Elgin at Ainsworth and Wausau. Why not? Hit us up on social media if you want to get in on those pickums. if you want to just razz us about our picks, or if you just <laughs> want to get in the conversation in any way. We are we're looking for – we started this podcast because we just wanted to talk ball, so if you want to talk a little ball, hit us up. We're ready for it. So other than that, I think that is going to do it for this week's 8x80. See ya.